0: All right, welcome. It is Thursday, February eleventh. We're the Ohio Podcast, and man, it's already been a big day, Uh, guys. I'm the unofficial booker for the show, and I say unofficial because I'm really unofficial. But uh, we were booking early this morning. We we taped this thing at six a.m. and usually I don't book things at five a.m. But the great Greg Morton, uh, he was a comic that was on last year from America's Got Talent. Uh, We reconnected because we. I uh, shared yesterday the show that he was on with our podcast last year. And Greg got in touch with us. So Greg Morton is scheduled to be on tomorrow morning. Uh, and he says he's ready to shoot the breeze. So he'll talk about whatever's going on Ohio-wise. So we're very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I don't usually book stuff at 5 a.m. But, hey, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And also, this morning, I had a couple podcasts go up. Uh, Paul Yanchek he likes to share devotionals. Uh, he was talking about First Corinthians. He's our Steelers podcast guy, and Paul's Paul's fun. Paul's a pastor. Paul talks Pittsburgh Steelers, and Paul likes to talk about being a um, uh, talk reviews books. Uh, he, he told me he rev- he reads like fifteen books a month where does he find the time? I, I barely have time to read while I'm reading for work, let alone other books. But um, yeah. So oh, Paul shared first Corinthians. So yeah, if you want to listen to the devotional, check that out. And Oh, John Cooper. Uh, we had him on a few months back. He's a lead singer of skillet. Wanted to make sure I shared him with our high podcast. So we replayed that podcast. And you never know, Brandon, maybe we'll have John Cooper on back again soon. Uh, if he's anything like Greg Morton. So it should be fun. Um, uh, Craig's here. Brandon's back. He was sick yesterday. How how you guys all doing? Doing well. Brandon, you're alive I'm now? doing pretty good. You, you sound better today. Uh, you, you, are you back alive?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm back alive. It wasn't serious yesterday. It was just kind of... I, w- I was bored. Remember, Chris, with that one time I came on the show with uh, with almost like laryngitis-like oh, yes. raspy. Uh, we were kind of getting there yesterday, uh, so I just felt probably... For the sake of Craig and chris's sanity here i'll I'll take a take a sabbatical for the day.
0: <laughs> we had a hard time and you know we only have an hour, so we're not going to go too much into it uh, we were make we were trying to make sure we had at least two people for a podcast under a you know a past version of the show, and we had another guy who was able to make it for a few weeks and Brandon had laryngitis and man we'll have to find that episode. I can't remember exactly what we talked about that time. But it was like, "Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Brandon." You know, for our it was <laughs> riveting podcasting. I, I'm sure we won some awards for that show. Uh, so it should, should be good. Well, there's a lot to talk about today, and I, I'm excited about this show. Usually, huh. I'm like. I'm finding links and saying, "Hey, we'll figure out something to talk about." There was—I hate the term "lol." I think it's really weird to say, but literally, there was a couple of stories when I saw them, really made me laugh out loud. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about this. But first of all, let's get serious for a second. Um, you know, we don't like talking politics as much, but to lead off, Josh Mandel—you um, might remember him as the former Ohio treasurer. Uh, he officially threw his hat in the ring. He is running for Senate. Um, we could talk a little bit about, about that, but late yesterday, and I apologize, guys, I sent you a link late on this, but uh, Mandel's already making some political comments. Um, we, the Inquirer did a story about a year ago talking about how Mandel's constantly evolving. He's changing his message and everything. Well, I guess now he's a Trump guy, because yesterday he released a statement, um, you know, talking, um, he was kind of criticizing um, Amy Acton and Mike DeWine, saying they their shutdown of Ohio really didn't send the proper message, and it wasn't why. So already he's taking some shots, and it's going to be really interesting because he's potentially running against Amy Active for Senate. I I don't know. Do you think, um, I, I guess, Brandon, first of all, do, do you think his message makes sense? I mean, I guess that's going to be one of his big arguments as he runs for, for, for Senate. Uh, I mean, what do you think about his messaging about COVID-19?
1: Well, I think it's from a strategy standpoint, I mean, like there is probably a good steady block of supporters who uh, who d- probably agree with him. You know, people who were opposed to the shutdowns, were opposed to the restrictions, were, were opposed to anything related to COVID. Um, and so, you know, from a strategy standpoint, you know, you got to assure you have at least a sure uh, um, base right there and then. Um, and that might help him out in the primaries. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, as far as whether it would help him out generally in Ohio, that will be to be determined. I think the one thing, the one thing that makes me think that uh, um, Republicans have that advantage is just seeing how Trump has re- really performed. It wasn't even close. It wasn't competitive, to, to the least to say in Ohio um, for uh, for Democrats. So you know, Republicans did well in Ohio in the presidential election. I'm not sure if They'll be able to uh, produce similar results in in a non presidential year in twenty twenty two, but um, um, I think it'll it might you know it depends on you know let's say if Manel wants a uh, nomination it'll be probably depend of course on you know who the Democratic nominee is <laughs> it, it'll be a battle of who can articulate their messaging and their their positions on how the state of Ohio has handled the COVID response. But also, um, you know, what other issues, too, that might resonate with, with Ohio voters. So, you know, that basically I'm saying it might come down a little bit to also, um, Amy, if Amy Acton's nominee, what's her, her skill set, what she can also bring to the table.
0: Yeah, Josh McDowell's always been an interesting guy for me. Um, can't really talk about on this show, but I got to uh, tell you off the show about some interesting experiences I had with Josh McDowell. <laughs> field. Yes, no, not, nothing bad. Nothing that would tell you (laughs) not to vote for him. It it just, you know, uh, had a client that I was serving with and and just interesting times. You know, I'll phrase it like this. Politicians always have to be friendly to people they're they're trying to get donations from. I'll just make it like that. And I'm sure, you know, you guys will enjoy the Josh Mandel story. But I'm sure most politicians do that. So, again, it's nothing bad. I probably shouldn't even mention it now. Now everyone's like, ooh, what's the scandal with Josh Mandel?" It's not a scandal. It's just politicians want donations. It's always funny to see how they try to get them. So I'm just phrase like that. Um, Craig, I, I, you know, we've talked about this but you know, before with different people. But here's a quote from a story that bothers me. Mandel says, the fact they shut down all these family-owned businesses and restaurants while they allowed conglomerates like Walmart, Target, and Costco to stay open makes my blood boil. Now, I'm in news. Maybe I missed weeks or maybe I missed the story, but I don't think Ohio ever shut down any business. Aren't businesses allowed to do e-commerce and, you know, sell things online and everything? I, I mean, am I maybe don't wanted everyone to have the the thrill of going into the, the place, but I, I don't know how rule truly really shut everything down. Did they?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure if this was just a blanket statements, you know, basically saying, well, Walmart didn't have to do curbside pickup or target didn't have to do curbside pickup. And a lot of the, the mom and pop short, you know, stores needed to, to, to try to find a way to either sell online or, or but yeah, you're I think you're right. It, I, I don't think anybody was like completely shut down, especially, Things that were considered vital—if um, you sold groceries, if you sold, you know, things that were considered vital to the to society—you really didn't have to shut down. Yeah, a lot of bars and restaurants, gyms had to shut down as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if I would buy 100% into what he's saying that you know, mom and pops had to shut down. There's a lot of you know local bars and you know, locally locally owned businesses that had to maybe scale back or not allow many people in their stores or maybe find different ways to make money. But at the end of the day, there's always been options, whether it's the PPP money or um, curbside pickup for some, and it's not, it's not an easy fix, but you know, at the time, I think the governor and Dr. Acton felt like something had to be done. and, And that was maybe the easiest way to ensure that maybe many, people weren't congregating so much, and especially in small locations. So um, I think it's just a general statement just to try to, you know, get some interest backers, you know, and and, and I'm sure it's going to help him by saying stuff like that because he looks like he's a man of the people when he says something like that.
0: And, and Brandon, again, he just announced yesterday, um, he did an interview. The surgeon sort of really specify who he did the interview with. I'm assuming it's some type of media outlet. But it's his first day. I mean, he's not expected to release everything he ever wants to do or everything else. I I find it kind of interesting where, I mean, we're going to vote on this guy in 2022, and already he's talking about COVID. I would hope that we're at least done with the pandemic at the end of next year. It, It seems like a weird first topic to tackle because you're not running until the end of next year. I, I'm a little bit confused by his messaging of COVID right away. You'd think you might talk about economy or, or something else. It's weird if you're running in 2022 20, to be talking about COVID already. Or, uh, do you agree, or am I a little bit out of place here? Well, I don't know. We don't know
1: what the situation's going to be like in 2022. Uh, we hope we'll hit some sort of level of normalcy by then. But um, you, it is an interesting point. Like, Do you talk about COVID today, or do you just talk about mm-hmm. other neutral issues. Um that that's a really good question there. I don't necessarily have an answer. I just think um you know if Medell, he's now announced and he's now decided to he's got he's decided to get an early start on campaigning uh up until probably I, I'm assuming the uh primary will take place sometime in March of next year. Um so that's kind of like where you know, I, I talk about COVID. I, I was, it's a, it's an odd issue today. It certainly will give you attention. I mean, and Pete, folk, you know, you've mentioned it here, Chris, that for COVID, COVID's a great, um, you know, search engine <laughs> keyword. So um, why, why wouldn't you talk about stuff to get your name out there? Um, well, so I, should, I mean,
0: yeah. Well, I guess I'm saying is he should know what you said. It's a great, it's a popular topic right now. That's what we're talking about first. And that's what I wanted to focus just more on. Hey, is Mandel right about COVID? I, I don't think the big issue is if he's running or not, but just some of the comments he made on the Ohio strikeout when they're well, addressing COVID and stuff.
1: He's using COVID. He's talking about COVID. Just really he's translating his philosophy. And that's like yeah. kind of – that you're, you know, it's it's the it's not really it's not we're not here to he's not here to say like this is what I would do this is what I would do if, if I was in charge today. It's more like this is my philosophy of how I would approach COVID. Um, is really what they're trying to get at. So, um, kind of at lousy, fair. Take take a step back and um, um, you know, don't don't restrict people. Kind real of, and um, you know, just focus more on getting vaccines out. That's Kind of the 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 I suppose the Trump wings uh, kind of stance in a central way. Uh, I think it's fair to say the Trump pos- uh, position was more of a decentralized approach, and no, you know, not really necessarily emphasizing um, shutdowns or uh, mask wearing. More about just you know, um, you you each everyone's responsible for themselves. You if you want to stay home, fine. If you want to. Um, if you, as long as you're okay, your poor is okay with it. Um, if you're, um, you want to wear a mask. Okay. Um, but shouldn't it shouldn't be, none of these things should be a requirement. It's kind of like, seems to be the, the, the kind of the message, it, um, that the Trump wing has kind of advocated for over the last year. It's kind of been a little inconsistent with the mask, but I think that's kind of a safe, the the Mandel could be safely safe, mostly a safe way to describe the Mandel position if he's to take it up the Trump wing.
0: Well, i'm kind of wondering too i mean amy acton is not the definite candidate i mean she hasn't officially come out but you know assuming she comes out which everybody we've talked to said look, she's coming out she's coming out i mean you know i guess you talked about COVID because you potentially running against amy acton i mean if amy acton wasn't a part of the election yeah COVID would still be a good issue because it's obviously top of mind for everybody but amy acton i mean he's criticizing his opponent so i i guess from his viewpoint why not you know go for it so I don't know yeah any of the thoughts of josh mandel i mean i um, mean he's it's been interesting uh, he's done some things to state treasure he's done some things that people haven't liked he's been kind of controversial um again we're not supposed to say if we're voting for him or not do you think he has a chance as a legitimate candidate Greg?
2: well you know going back to what we were kind of talking about he he's sort of try to kill two birds with one stone. One was he spoke out against possible opponent, Amy Acton. And the other, I think is kind of unique is he spoke out against someone that would also be on the same ticket as him. That would have an R next to his name and Mike DeWine. I think what he's trying to, I think what he's doing is he's trying to set this groundwork for, yeah, I'm a Republican. You're going to see an R next to my name and Mike DeWine, but I'm not Mike DeWine. So I think he's putting his chips all in and saying, I'm not, Mike DeWine. So I think he's assuming by the time we get to you know this, this primary, this election, that Mike DeWine's going to have a, a, an approval rating in the sewer and he's going to benefit from sort of speaking out against Mike DeWine very early on in this process. I'm not saying that that's going to work. I just feel like that's kind of why he wanted to speak out against not just Amy Acton, but Mike DeWine as well, knowing that Republican voters are going to look at this ticket and say, Ooh, Mike DeWine has an R next to his name. And I don't. I remember not liking Mike DeWine's handling of the COVID you know, situation. Who's this Josh Mandel guy? Well, he's got an R next to his name, so I'm not going to vote for him either because he probably aligns with Mike DeWine. So he's trying to set the groundwork, I think, early on for wanting to separate himself from Mike DeWine's politics and, and hope that people, you know, by then maybe just despise DeWine and want to vote for someone else. And then he can come in and say, I was the first guy to come out you know, publicly in this election, that said, I didn't like Mike Dewine. So, I kind of think that's what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to help him. I don't. I don't know if Mandel has enough clout to even beat Jane Timken at this point. Um, but I think he's just trying to lay the groundwork.
0: Well, there's two things here. One, okay, Jane Timken. I'm sure hmm. Jane Timken's a lovely woman. I, I don't know her personally. I don't know much about her. But really, the impression most people get. Of James Tipkin if she's a staunch Trump supporter. Okay, if you like Donald Trump, great. You know, hey, you might like her because she's a staunch Trump supporter. But what else does she bring to the table? I, I don't know. I mean, that I don't really know. Well, right, but one thing is, it's pretty much you put all follow cards into Trump. So pretty much right now, for valuing Jane Tipkin, if you like Trump, hey, what a candidate you love her. If you don't like Donald Trump, you're scratching your head, and. Craig, you're right. It's probably enough. And, and in our today's divided political nature, why not just say, hey, I like Trump or I don't like Trump when you're right? Yeah. But well, it just it's disappointing that there's not a little bit more being brought to the table. I, I yeah. gotta tell you, with the um story yesterday, you know, I'm looking at it. Uh this story broke after I signed out for today and I saw the headline, like, whoa, this is kind of cool. You know, Mandel speaking out. What does he have to say? I'm a little disappointed. Come on. Josh Mandel, bring something new to the table. I saw the headline. I'm like, hmm, does he have a plan for COVID? Does he have, like, does he say, hey, I'm going to try this new thing because I don't like how the winding act handled it. I'll be honest. I'm reading for this article. You're parroting Trump sayings and you're parroting everything that's been said before. So instead of like, hey, I've got a fresh new perspective to handle COVID which we're always looking for fresh new perspectives. COVID's still a huge problem. I, I admire what Amy Acton and Mike DeWine have done. Who knows, There's probably, it could be a better plan out there. And I, I just hate the fact that there was nothing new. I mean, it was just pretty much like, oh, it was just tearing Republican lines. I'm like, Josh, you're running for US Senate. Give me something different. Give me a fresh perspective. And yeah, it's probably going to be Republican base because that's who you are. But don't just parrot lines that we've heard for the past year from one side. I, I don't know. I, I want to hear something new and different. You know?
2: Well, you probably don't. Want, you probably want to stay away from politics then because it's yeah. it's not always about something <laughs> new. It's always just about something that oh that person's terrible. Listen to me now, even though they may have the same exact plan or no plan at all. But yeah, I mean with Jane Timken though, yeah, she may not seem like the most known candidate right now, but. I think she's going to rally the Ohio troops here and say look I want to I helped win Ohio for Trump by 8 points. Trump supports me. You guys are still supporters of Trump, so vote for me, you know. So I'm not saying that that might, you know, might not lose a little bit of cachet in a, in a year from now, but you know, Trump's not going away. I think he's still going to be kind of active as far as, you know, he he's still going to have these people that have gone against him. He's going to you know, maybe stump for the other people that are, you know, running based on his policies or, you know, his popularity. And and Jane Timkins, one of those people that he really supported early on in the process. And, you know, she helped him win Ohio by eight points, whether she did or didn't, you know, he won Ohio by eight points. She's the Republican, she was the Republican chair. So it's going to look good on her. And Josh Mandel has already thrown his name into the supporting hat for Trump as well. And he did that on purpose, too. So, you know, it's going to be like who Trump favors the most. And I think Jane Timken would probably get his support more than Josh Mandel would at this point.
0: It would troubles me. I had the impeachment hearing on I literally had to turn it off. It depressed the heck out of me. Um, and not because I thought anybody was being wronged or a politician was being wrong. It was more of awful day on January 6th. And awful to see what happened. And, man, and Brandon, yesterday Craig and I spent a while talking about the Ohio Republican Party, where something has got to change. We talked about John Kasich, they're trying to kick him out of the Hamilton County GOP. And, you know, maybe we don't have a third political party, but it seems very odd and strange that we're still progressing like we're progressing. It's a very weird time in the Republican Party to say the least. And I don't know, I, I, I just get this weird feeling of if I'm Ohio Republican, And if I'm a Trump person, if I'm running for Senate or governor or anybody else, believe what you want to believe, but it cannot be politically expedient to say, "Yes, I am a Trump person." You would think that wouldn't work, because from everybody was watching yesterday, even the Republicans heard the impeachment hearing. Nobody's out there. I mean, he has a couple supporters that says, "Hey, he still was a great president," but his support is being very, very fractured right now. So it sounds like a weird time to be waving the Trump flag as you're anticipating running for upcoming election. But it happens. And, and Craig, you're right. It's still being used as a political rallying cry. It just doesn't make sense.
2: Well, think about what some of those videos we heard yesterday where they were saying, hang Mike Pence. And Mike Pence was probably the biggest. I'm, I'm not saying he was, you know, publicly, you know, he was a big Trump supporter. Maybe he wasn't privately as much. But, you know, they were calling to hang Mike Pence because Mike Pence wasn't doing what Trump was asking him to do. So, you know, maybe the the, the Trump train doesn't have as many supporters on as, as it once did, but there's still a very large swath of this population in the country that does support him to the point where they wanted to hang Mike Pence, the guy that was like stood by Trump no matter what happened for four years. So, you know, maybe there's some fracture with, you know, politicians that aren't really interested in Trump anymore, but there's still a lot of voters that are interested in Trump. And that's, that's a big deal for Ohio. I mean, he won, won Ohio by eight points and you know, they're going to run on that.
0: It, it's weird. I was, I yeah. Close this up. Sorry, man. Well, you I was,
1: I was just going to add that, you know, um, as far as the Trump support, I just say looking strictly at Ohio, um, you yeah, won it by eight points. Trump did, um, you know there there's there, it makes sense for Mandel and Timken to run on that Trump on the Trump uh, a wing of side of the Republican Party. I do think though that's going to be create an interesting dynamic where you have two two Republicans vying for the Trump wing of the party, um, and that might open up a couple of the establishment Republicans, um, maybe somewhat somewhere maybe. If you can if they can if there's a republican between Timpkin and dewine <laughs> um that, somewhere maybe in that spectrum um or or Mandelin between Mandela dwine somewhere um who's kind of moderate but more um more establishment than trump um that might be an opportunity there to where the vote is split um, uh in the primaries and they might ha- and a moderate might be able to win. Um, or establishment figure, and maybe moderate's a bit too liberal word to use for for that for that kind of candidate. But maybe at le- very least in the same vein as DeWine, but um, yeah, that, this this will be a very interesting primary, um, depending on who on as more republic. I think, like I said, you, there's probably going to be a lot of Republicans um, who will want to run in this primary. Um, I, I I would be disappointed if there's only two. I I'd like to I think. Yeah, see, see three, yeah. three, three, three primary candidates. That's my help, but you never I, know. There's a bit surprising. A lot of folks have called said they're not running on the Republican side. So
0: I would be stunned because honestly, and again, nothing personal against Josh McDowell or nothing personal against James Timken, but they don't have the cachet or the star power. They, you know, to be honest, they, they don't. I, I mean. John Houston. I, I mean, yeah, he definitely says he's not running for Senate. I would say John Houston, probably if, if he jumped into that race, if it's Houston, um, Mandel, and Timken, I, I think Houston would be the, the best known name to win. I, again, I'm not rooting or unrooting for anybody. I'm, I'm just saying between. I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of Republicans right now that would pull higher than Timken and uh, Mandel. I don't know, that's just my take. I might be wrong, but I, because Mandel, for every fan of Mandel, there's a lot of people who disagree with Mandel, even the Republican Party, let alone other places. So. I don't know. It's very strange. And, and wrapping up, for, again, from the whole idea of COVID, because that's how we headlined the show, hey, you know, again, I'm not saying Amy Acton or Mike DeWine had the best way of handling it, but if you say they handled it wrong, again, fresh approach, because right now what's annoying me about COVID is it's a political argument when we talk about how to handle it. I want somebody to come in with a fresh approach, and I'll support it. You know, Democrat, Republican, whatever. But but just stop from this, hey, I'm pro-Trump or anti-Trump. I mean, it, it it's weird. The guy is on trial, and the guy could get persecuted for a role in the insurrection, and he's still a very popular political figure. I'm not saying he should be canceled and buried and you never hear from him again. But it's so weird how you hear what you hear yesterday. At the same time, you've got people who are running for office based on his name alone. I don't know. It, it just it floors me. It's very strange. I uh, wanted to definitely get to some other topics here. You guys got me all fired up about this. Um, oh, one to briefly well, first of all, before we get to the national anthem, interesting last night. I'm definitely not a Larry Flint fan, but Larry Flint died. I, I know he was still alive. Uh, Larry Flint, 76. Uh, it was interesting. Um, Larry had some health problems, he's been in a wheelchair. Uh, for a, definitely a, a good part of his life. Um, I, I never knew this. Um, I saw some notes from work. Larry's got a big big um, basis in Ohio. I guess uh, he ran some businesses down in the Dayton and the Cincinnati areas. Um, he had a big history. Ohio Magazine. And again, yeah. you might be like, oh, is that one of his porn? <laughs> no. on that. Yeah, Ohio Magazine's a legitimate, you know, featuring magazine about stuff in Ohio. He owned that. I mean, dispatch publications, um, you know, where I work for it, they bought Ohio magazine off Larry Flint. So uh, definitely a lot of interesting ties. I don't want to sit here and support Larry Flint. I mean, I'm not into the skin rags and I think Larry Flint definitely crossed the line at various times, but on the other hand, I mean, Larry did stand for f- free speech and, you know, we talked a lot about free speech. Um, Personally, from my faith background, I get a little bit bugged by, you know, I don't want free speech to be taken away when it comes to religious viewpoints and everything else. So I'm not endorsing Larry Flint. I'm not going out and buying a hustler to celebrate his life today. But then at the same time, if free speech is free speech for all. So I guess my my main thought on it is I salute – Larry for what he did for free speech and again I don't endorse anything he does but if I'm yelling about Hustler being out there somebody may yell about some of the religious freedoms and, and free speech that we enjoy too I, and that was my, my takeaway from Larry Flint Brandon Craig any other thoughts on Larry it's a weird topic to bring up because I wasn't expecting <laughs> I, you guys to be like oh I buy all magazine stick a look <laughs> you yeah, know but
1: I was uh, in journalism class uh and we were told to do like a write writes uh, or magazine writing class. and Just write about like the background history of our magazine. Pick one. I picked Ohio Magazine, and I just I didn't really wasn't familiar with Hustler Magazine at the time or Larry Flint for that matter. But I I threw his name on there, um, maybe as a founder or owner at one point. Um, someone pointed out like uh, the te- uh, professor and the student like, oh, Larry Flint from Hustler Magazine. <laughs> so um, reached out to the folks at Ohio magazine, they said, yeah, uh, it was something he was involved with at the early stages. Um, um, I'll say this though, with Lairf- my favorite story though, is really, um, something I touched on even in media class, but I saw an article not too long ago about it, which was the Jerry Falwell versus, um, hustler magazine about this parody yeah. at uh sh- spiel that they had in the magazine, like, which was a double entendre of Jerry Falwell talks about his first time. Um, kind of that kind of stark sparked a legal battle um um and that courts had said you know this is free speech it was a parody it was obviously so blatant no one would believe this but what i found funny after i read this article not too long ago like maybe last year that said oh flit and falwell became friends after all this yeah um it would, so i i feel like whenever whenever we talk about political unity um, uh in this country, I mean, I, I say let's look to this example in a sense. Start out as enemies, and maybe we could find be friends to some degree, even if we didn't agree on uh what. It's just funny how things some of these things can bring people together. I suppose.
0: No, I will say Falwell had some moral failings. I'm wondering if the moral failings came after he met lawyer. Well, Flick this is yeah. Fallwell
1: Senior. This is I'm not talking about Junior. Let's oh let's okay. Junior away. Okay. Fallwell Senior. This is this this is the, the the um yeah one who is lo- the one who's loved more than or well I shouldn't say that but basically the the one who was more of the f- face the figure face during the 70s and 80s 90s early aughts, whatever um um before son took over um yeah cuz that was uh yeah it's is, it's is <laughs> kind of funny about, about with with the sun issues going on but um yeah
0: his dad had some issues as well. <laughs> I mean, not as many and crazy issues as his son did. But... Well, I mean, his well, church I, 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 was I,
1: always I, like, was always right. about you know why nine eleven happened, why Hurricane Katrina happened, right? You know that that's Falwell. That's typical Falwell Christianity for you. So,
0: well, I'm teasing. I mean, I, I wouldn't equate his friendship with Larry Flint to his, you know, feelings or whatever, right? It was just more of a joke. But no, but you do, you raise a good point about, hey, you know, we can unify people we don't necessarily agree with. Um, Cheryl Tiggs, this is funny. You made me think about this. Uh, Cheryl Tiggs was a model. I don't think she was ever in, like, Hustler, but she was, like, the sports Illustrated swimsuit model of the year and everything. It was weird. My dad was a very conservative Baptist pastor, My dad had a pen pal friendship with her and I wish I had the letters he would use to show me. And it it wasn't like, Hey baby, you know, you look hot in this magazine. It was more of, they just talked. they talked about faith and other stuff too. And it was so weird because my dad was definitely not the swimsuit model fan. And I don't know, like, I think he sent her a letter or something. Because, again, this is before Twitter. You know, you could just tweet anybody and you'd have to get a response. I mean, this is back to, like, this weird pen pal thing. It was just strange. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of when you were talking about the Falwell Flint thing, about, you know, how you can unify people you may not normally agree with. So, very good. Any other thoughts on Larry Flint, Craig?
2: No, I just I just kind of remember the movie, uh, the 1996 movie, The People versus Larry Flint, which, you know, was... From what I remember, it was a very good movie. Uh, certainly, de- you know, depicted the how he became a defender of free speech. Woody Harrelson starred as Larry Flint, was nominated for an Oscar. So that's probably about the the biggest thing I remember about Larry Flint. Other than that, I don't really, you know, I think he was. I I, I don't know. Maybe Hustler was before my time, but I I really didn't know much about it until that movie. Really.
0: I like Norm MacDonald. I haven't seen The People vs. Larry Flint, but Norm MacDonald was actually in that movie. I think he had a smaller role I and mean, it. He always jokes about being in the Larry Flint and meeting Larry Flint for the first time. So, good stuff. I don't know. I had to throw in Norm MacDonald into it. Hey, want to talk about one of the serious things, and there's a couple of really goofy, ridiculous things I'm looking forward to talking to, uh, or talking about. Um, Mark Cuban. It was kind of interesting. Uh, many of the NBA arenas either can't have fans yet or they're very, very limited in how they have fans. Well, for the first 13 games of the Mavericks, um, he owns the Dallas Mavericks NBA team. They didn't play the national anthem and nobody didn't seem to know, notice, um, you know, I'm not sure if they let any fans in period. And it, it just happened. Well, finally, somebody from the athletic, noticed know, and they're worried about just saying, Hey, you know, here's what they're doing. It, it sparked a fur because obviously national anthem has become this really big deal especially in the last four years i don't know i'm going to make a harsh opinion and you guys can agree or disagree with me what's the big deal with a national anthem being played before a game i mean it's been tradition i know uh i think they originally did it around world war ii to help unify the country but we we get in this place where the National Anthem is this holy, you know, we have to do it before a game and we have to do it at different times. Well, you don't do it before movies, you don't do it in other places. I bravo Mark Cuban, to be honest with you, because now that Mark Cuban wasn't playing it, you, you sit there and say, Oh, he must hate our country or he must hate Trump or whatever. <laughs> no. Why do we need the anthem before each game? Like, when when you go see a movie, there's no anthem. When you go to other places, there's no anthem. Why do we need it before a game? What's the big deal? I I, I don't know. I mean, uh, now, before we, Brandon, before I go to you, um, the NBA did step in and say, hey, you know, we play the anthem. You got to start playing the anthem. And Mark Cuban said, okay, whatever. We'll we'll start playing the anthem again. But I, I get to the point where... I don't necessarily think it's needed. Why are we mandating the national anthem?
1: Um, well, obviously the anthem, speaking of the political hot issue thing over the years, because of the um, Kaepernick protest. Um, just to put it bluntly, I would say that um, um, to your credit, to what you've already, to what you said already, you know, like there are a lot of situations we don't expect the anthem to be played. And it's just possibly just how it's organic or naturally or organically evolved over the years or cultural practices. There's something about maybe sports in the sense that it does kind of sports in a way, always kind of mimics mimics the, the battle, the, the war kind of like at, uh, atmosphere. Um, in a, and I know it's kind of a weird metaphor to kind of highlight it. Maybe that's why we kind of associate, you know, a demonstration of patriotism before the battle gets going in that sense. Um I think there might be a, there are times I think national anthem might be more appropriate uh in a sporting event maybe like the World Cup or the Olympics cuz you're representing your country and I think it's kind of nice to have that national anthem Usually it's always fun TV fodder to see the players um you know stand there and everyone's standing listening to both countries national anthems um that's just always kind of to me a, like a nice way of it's more about unity in that sense or more about um these these are what the games are about the sporting games like friendly friendly competition um but you know um right now there's a debate about you know there are certain ways you have to love your country and you have to love it this way i guess is what the message is kind of a kind of borderline conformity if not i don't i don't i mean maybe when it came out it was more intended to be about uniformity more about unity um but now it's now it's like kind of still feel, stills more forced than organic. Um so that those are just some of the observations and kind of how I how I perceive it. Um the NBA, it's a business. It can tell its teams to do whatever they want it to do for the most part. Um Mark Cuban at the time he when he thought he had leadway, he said, you know what, it's not worth worth the drama. Let's it's not really maybe not necessary. Um, Let's just – people are here to watch a a basketball game. Um, And um, people – just because we're not playing it doesn't mean we love our country any less. Um, It's just there are other ways to show – demonstrate your love for your country.
0: Well, and you're going to a basketball game or you're going to a hockey game. I mean, unless, you know, God forbid there's a huge national tragedy the day before and you're like, oh, man, I want to wave a flag because, you know, yay America – You know, it's like, I mean, I'm a Christian. It would be like me saying, well, i got to wave my Bible around at this this game. Well, do you have to? I mean, like, you know, yeah, you're a Christian when you go to a game, but that doesn't mean you have to wave a Bible if you're a Christian. To me, it doesn't make sense. I used to think – I like the Canadian National Anthem. Sue me. I mean, I think it's a cool song and everything. I used to love going to Columbus Blue (laughs) Jackets games when they played it a Canadian team, but you played both before the game. But then that kind of got silly too, because on the Canadian team you played, be it the Toronto Maple Leafs or whoever they ended up playing, that team had Americans on it where in the Blue Jackets would have Americans, Canadians, Russians, and different people. So yeah, it was, against the country they played for, but wasn't even, I, it was just very strange. I, I see your point, Brandon, you on know, in the Olympics or World Cup, that makes sense. Craig, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, and, and please hit me if I'm, I'm saying something really offensive here. But in schools, okay, I'm not against the pledge of allegiance; it's all right. But why do we need pledge to pledge allegiance to our country before we start a school day? I mean, the more I think about it, it's kind of a <clears throat> ridiculous concept, right?
2: Yeah, I mean they they say the Pledge of Allegiance before uh, commissioner meetings that I cover. Uh, that's one of the first things on their agenda. Say the Pledge of Allegiance. I guess it's just their their final, you know, ode to we're going to do the will of the people in our country. I, I'm I'm guessing that's what it is. I'm not sure if there's a there's probably a better reason or a more specific reason why we say the Pledge of Allegiance before school or before, you know council meetings and school board meetings, things like that. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with unity with the national anthem. I think with the, the anthem and for, you know, the pledge of allegiance, it's about, you know, kind of making sure you're, you're sort of mindful of why you're there and what you're doing. You're sort of doing the will of the people in the country, but yeah, I mean, as far as the the national anthem goes, I don't know if it's a necessary thing for sporting events I agree with Brandon though, you know, maybe world cup Olympics, it's a great tradition. Um, but why it's a tradition before a sporting event and it's not a tradition before you go to the movies or before you, uh, you know, have a, you know, ultimate Frisbee tournament in the park. I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, why sporting events have, have made this, this be something that has to happen. Um, Maybe it's the, the the NBA in this case obviously the Mavericks now are starting to let fans back in um, but you know they also said that you know given the circumstances teams could act in pregame you know activities the way they saw fit and that's one of the ways he saw fit so i don't I don't know why that's changed just because they've allowed um, I think their attendance now is like two thousand people one thousand so they've had. Uh, a total of 2,000 fans in two games, apparently, um, averaging you know a thousand people. So I, I'm not sure why the NBA has changed their stance on allowing this team and any team in the NBA to kind of dictate what they do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not protesting if they have the anthem. You know, if you have it or if you have a pledge of allegiance, fine. But I, I just don't know why it's it's absolutely necessary. I, I guess that's where I stand there. All right, well, let's talk about a couple other things. Um, I wanted to share this, and we got to be careful about using a lot of music on the show. But remember um, the Goofy song Friday. I'll play a couple seconds off it. All right, you guys remember that? No sound, Chris. (laughs) Oh, no sound, that's why. Okay, well, you remember the song Friday, right? It's the Rebecca Friday. Black... Friday. There, there you get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. To, so we make sure we're not running afoul of copyright issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Rebecca Black, she, bring, she brings she breaks out a tweet about a week ago, and you know, it's a goofy song. I think if Rebecca Black's really serious, she admits it's a goofy song. I don't think she really thought that this was. The the is going to change our lives or anything. So she writes a tweet saying, "Hey everybody, surprise! I'm breaking out a remix of Friday." And I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to hear it. It's very it's a techno version of Friday, and I guess Rebecca Black looks very contemporary, like a she's got a little bit of a Miley Cyrus look to it now. If you guys notice it on the the Twitter, do we really need this? I mean, Rebecca Black's like surprise, like. Yeah, you know, it's going to make our 2021 better. I mean, well, what's happening with Rebecca Black?
1: To borrow your um, borrow your criticism of Mandel, I want something fresh, <laughs> different, yeah. different uh, perspective, <laughs> a different song. <laughs> I want something uh, that will make me cringe as much as Friday did. Rebecca, like bring out and I mean, I, I say that cringe as in I love this song. I hate it at the same time, but. Uh, let's bring out something new, not a remix. Sorry, Craig. You look like you were going to say something.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just trying to. F- I don't know who Rebecca Black is. I apologize. I've never heard of her. Um, I, I maybe I should have. I don't know. I've never heard of her. I'm sorry to say yes, that. Did. Don't don't hold it against me. But I've never heard of Rebecca Black. Maybe I've heard some of her songs, but I don't. I don't know who she is. I She's don't, only I, known for this I song. Know, essentially. I know the song. Yeah. I do know the song. But I I can't say that I know who this person is.
0: She was trying to become a pop star. She dropped it. And the criticism of the song is it's very annoying. I mean, it, right. it does stick in your head, I guess, the beat, you know, kind of. It, it's hard to get out of your head. But people, it's hard to get out of your head not because it's such a great song. It's it, because it's a little bit annoying. And it, it which is funny how she's like, surprise, everybody, I'm dropping a new song. It, it, I know, Brandon, I know like she was expecting us all to start hugging each other and going, holy crap, what well, awful last year, but hey, at least Rebecca Black has a new version of Friday out. You know, like, our country unifies, you know, like, Biden, Trump are high-fiving each other now going, <laughs> forget everything bad we said, there's a new version of Friday out. It, it, it just kind of made me laugh. Just look how she, she
1: she just kind of made these these this the mundane into song lyrics. Like, right here, I'm just reading it. 7 a.m., waking up in the morning got to be fresh got to go downstairs got to have my bowl got to have cereal just on and on like um chris you should just write Right. i think you should have like uh write out your whole days um yeah. uh just write a day write it out and, and then turn it into a song you know got to get up got to have my a protein bar got to get on the podcast
0: <laughs> yeah it's so weird and i kind of i feel weird too because we kind of use that same tone. Because remember, we said, like when we had that, our first show, we said, hey, surprise everybody, we're having our show. And again, hey, we're a bunch of goofy podcasters. But after she released her thing 10 years ago, which was Reviled, don't be like, surprise of dropping another version of Friday. I mean, at least, Brandon, you and I haven't produced content like this together. I mean, it'd be like, let's say. Oh
2: well, wow. uh, sorry about that i I clicked uh I, I yeah, I clicked the remix uh there, so that was probably enough for me to listen to It's a little
0: well you guys check this out um again, being an audio podcast just for especially Craig here's what um Rebecca looked like, you know, just like a, uh, what would you say Craig the girl next door you know type of thing, and you saw the picture <laughs> of what she looks like a Twitter now she had a little bit of a change there,
2: yeah, got the uh Blue lipstick and black yes. leather, or something. So, like I kind said, I've never heard of her. One.
0: Yeah, yeah. She went from the girl next door to the goth girl, too. You know, kind of a big change. Yeah.
2: Well, I, unfortunately, clicking that that link to the video, it, it sort of gave me a headache. So, right. sorry, but I, I don't think I'm interested in the remix for Friday.
0: Um, okay. All yeah. right. Well, I, I want to talk about this. So, guys, I got to be careful here because. I about to spit up a laugh at the song. All right, so there's this guy, and his uncle died, which, you know, there's nothing funny about that. Um, according to Consequence of Sound.net, uh, his uncle died, so he made his uncle's skeleton into a guitar. Did you guys see the story? I, I, I'm like, this has got to be Onion. I can't believe this is true.
2: Well, it looks true. <laughs> I saw
1: a headline for that. The photo, the photo looks real.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll have the link again. We've become an audio podcast, so obviously there's no way I can share it to you that way. But check out the link for the story. I mean, the guy's literally playing a skeleton of, of his dead uncle. And it just, I don't know. I, I just It made me laugh. I thought it was interesting. Um, here's actually a, a video. Let, let's play a little bit of a song. Uh, hang on a second, let me pull it up. Well, well, we'll play in we'll play in a minute. But I, Brandon, I've had people die. You know, my my dad passed on. My grandparents passed on. I'm sorry, I'm not touching the skeleton. I'll be honest with you. And you know, I had some family members kind of upset with me. I have a hard time approaching. I don't like the open casket funerals because, you know, no matter if the guy's a Christian or not, the person's not there. So it's weird approaching a body that's open in a casket. It's kind of very strange. I don't even like approaching bodies that have been prepared, you know, in a funeral home. I don't want to touch even a, a plastic skeleton that you see in a science class. What is this guy doing? Is this guy. I mean, should the police be checking him out? I mean, I'm really creeped out about this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I was wondering what the law would would be about using the corpse in this way. Um, But that might be a state law thing. Um, Unless, of course, the uncle gave permission in his wheel. I I haven't read the story, to be honest, to get that kind of context there. But that – I mean, in some ways, though, I got to say this is kind of a unique way to – you know, to, I guess, remember your, your close loved ones in a way. I mean, is it any weirder than, you know, having their ashes in a jar that's on your mantle place in your home? I don't know, but, um, Hey, you know, he's, you know, it's a weird way of reuse and recycle, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm like with you. I, I, I don't want to touch to someone's, uh, remains. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, not all. And and apparently, it's not clear where this uncle lived at. But according to the story, it says his skeleton was donated to local college in Greece, and it was used for educational purposes, so for two decades. So obviously, you can make that choice. You can say, hey, I like my body used for science. Sometimes people donate their body parts for people, uh, or organs, you know, for people who might be in need. So yeah, I, I definitely understand that. So, okay, the school no longer needs a skeleton. So it returns to the family. Well, they're Orthodox Greek. They found the cremation. And, you yeah, know, burial costs a lot of money. I mean, it's tough. So the family's at crossroads. What do we do? They're saying that this guy, he goes by Prince Midnight. He appears to live in Florida. So he had to refile tons of paperwork to try to get Philip's remains back. So he gets the remains back, and and the uncle was a, a heavy metal loving uncle. So he pays homage to him by turning his skeleton into guitar. Uh, here's some quotes from him. We gotta get this guy in the show. What a great guest. Yeah. He's like, so I got the box of bones from Greece. and didn't know what to do at first. Do I bury them? Do I cremate them? Do I put them in the attic? Man, what a poor way of memorializing someone who guy who was into heavy metal. He got me into heavy metal. So, I decided to turn Uncle Philip into a guitar, which proved to be challenging. I did a lot of research. No one's ever made a guitar out of a skeleton. So, I did it. I started out by consulting with two guys uh, from a wood shop in Tampa, but they got cold feet. I mean, can you imagine? You know, we all hang out with friends. You, you know, maybe we, there's goofy friends we have. I mean, if we get, like, if we close this podcast and I said, look, guys, i got a skeleton of a dead family member. I want to build a TV it. I mean, you guys should be hanging up, changing your phone numbers, never talking again, right? Well, it'd be
2: a little bit of a unique story like this one is. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, when, when you think about it. I mean, at the end of the day, he just says, hey, now he can shred for eternity. So um, Prince Midnight coming through for the family, I guess.
0: But but it's a skeleton of your, your loved one. I mean, yeah. hey, I, I got yeah. pictures of my dad. Uh, my mom gave me some of my dad's uh, police chapel stuff. I treasure them because, you know, those are my dads. My dad touched them and everything. But it's not my dad. I mean, I don't, right. I don't have, you know, and some people have ashes of their family. That's not for me. But I guess that's a little less creepier than having the skeleton. Can you imagine if I said, hey, guys, look, and I pull his skeleton there. You guys should be running away and saying, what the heck's going on with you?
2: You know, some people have photos. Some people have photo albums. Some people make collages. Some people have ashes. And then Prince Midnight has a skeleton. So I guess to each his own.
0: Well, I used to, if we did this podcast 20 years ago, I'd be screaming about Browns. I'd be, you know I mean? I would get frustrated and freaked out by everything. I'm getting a place now where if you have interests that I don't have, hey, it's all good. We may gently tease each other. I mean, you know, Craig talked about SpongeBob SquarePants 20 years ago. I would be hanging up on Craig. I'd be changing my numbers and saying, Craig, you're off. Never talk to me again. Now I'm like, hey, kind of strange, but hey, it's all good. Brand talks about his book he's working on. Twenty years ago, I'd be running down the street, going, "Oh, what's wrong with Brandon? No, we, all, hey, like we all have our quirks, you know. Hey, this is this is I fodder for the book, guys. Yes, yes. death kid's gonna death, death kid, kid him out. Yeah, right, right. A
2: skeleton, a skeleton gu- guitar.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got a band. He's got an instrument. Somehow, he can't afford. Now, he's to
1: deaf. In. Remember, he's deaf, so yeah. he can play. He, but he's able to play music. So Man. that's oh. all powers. Yeah. Every
0: time you say deaf, I'm thinking <laughs> D E A T H kid. But you mean no, D-A-M. no, deaf and deaf. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, that's oh. how I said. It. It's like,
1: you know, it's uh, Daredevil now. He's Daredevil. Yeah. Right? Yes. You know, sure. deaf, deaf kid, but
0: with the powers of death Damn.
1: playing on all his all guitar.
0: All, all, right. Right. <laughs> all right, back to a safer topic the guy who has carved a guitar out <laughs> yeah. of his dead uncle. Um, Figurally, the torso serves as the body of the guitar. So, Prince Midnight added the neck pickups, volume knobs, and more. And, you know, written on the headstock is Philip Skellicaster, which he feels is a proper name for the custom act. So, it's one thing to hold your dead uncle while you're playing the guitar. You're also writing on the skeleton. That would be kind of strange. I mean, it would be creepy enough. So, can you imagine? You know, think about our bodies. I mean, I'm not sure what we're going to do with our bodies if you... Donate the science. Say it's fine. If you donate your organs, that's fine. Can you imagine your body being used as a musical instrument and people writing on it? It seems like corpse decorate. You know, <clears throat> you're desecrating a corpse. I don't know. Very odd. Well,
2: I mean, he I went to legal trouble to get it. I guess. I mean, it's his corpse <laughs> now.
1: I I would just say say like you know if you're gonna use my corpse or my bones, like. Make some money off of it in some way. (laughs) Maybe just turn some of my everbone into like a writing utensil or or well, um, if
0: you if you're gonna write on my skeleton, I mean, there's gotta be things I don't I I don't want go Browns on my skeleton, or I don't want you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I just Miles Garrett is my number one hero. Yeah, (laughs) or you know, maybe I love Miles. Or or maybe you know, maybe you sell your skeleton for. Oh, what do you call it? You know, space on your skeleton. Like some people say, I'll have a tattoo of a company if you pay me enough or anything. Well, maybe. Now, obviously, you won't see the money, but you'll be dead by the time that happens. But maybe you could sell space on your skeleton for corporate logos. You know, how about that? Uh, Princeman.
1: no, I no, know. One, no one's going to sponsor this piece. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> very, very, very strange. One hey, well, to close out today, and. Maybe we should save some of these for Greg Morton, who's scheduled to come on tomorrow. But it should be interesting. Um Gorilla glue. Uh, let me talk about her. I know Brandon was excited about Gorilla glue. I think that's why he got sick yesterday. So we didn't even have to talk about <laughs> the gorilla <laughs> girl. Yeah, the gorilla girl, glue girl. The gorilla okay. glue girl. Yeah, say that ten times. That's fast, some Jerry. serious alliteration,
2: right there. Yeah, Gosh, really. You're
0: gonna get us in trouble, Chris. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well okay so we talked about it yesterday apparently it's got a similar name to a hair spray so she got confused she used the wrong one we played one for tick tock videos where she's upset she's talking about it i thought it was funny she apparently tmz's reporting she tried to take it and sue apparently the court doesn't want to hear any of that i know i thought it was fascinating um Brandon, have you seen the pictures of her? The glue is stuck on her head. It looks like they painted her hair on I mean poor girl she she's going for a lot.
1: yeah, I feel for that It's just a kind of sad mistake to make um, We've all been there in one way or another uh, on varying levels maybe as not as extreme as that but um, um you know um, hey, it happens and um um I, I, there's nothing really to add. It's just, it just happens. That's all you can say. Um, you just got to, got to read the labels, I suppose. And, and um, yes. just kind of do the work. I I mean, Gorilla Glue, I feel like it's one of those big brand names. Like, I have Gorilla Glue in my house right now. It's, I would, you know, it seems to me like a really well-known brand name for glue, <laughs> but maybe I'm just in the minority on that.
0: Well, my my wife has an ointment because my daughter scratches her head and sometimes she makes a bleed. She's got a little bit of a uh, blister up there. So my wife bought some ointment you could put on, you know, before you put the Band-Aid on. And my uh, the boy that we're watching, uh, I was helping him brush his teeth last night and he was out of toothpaste. I was looking for another toothpaste we could use. I almost mistakenly grabbed the ointment to brush the <laughs> safe which would have been bad. Yeah it looks it looks looked a little bit like the toothpaste a little bit in the packaging and everything but you're right you gotta read the <laughs> you gotta read the instructions. Poor lady well, and you gotta think about that too. What are you putting on your head? I don't know. It's just <laughs> crazy.
2: What's I still
0: don't I still
2: oh. I still don't get just real quick I still okay. I know she had something that was similar in name or whatever, and she had run out of it or whatever. She needed to use something or wanted to use something. Here's what I don't get. If you would have bought the Gorilla Glue in the store, like if you would have gone to Walmart or Target or wherever, that product would be nowhere near the hair care products where you would buy styling gel or whatever. Okay, so that's one. The other thing is okay you say well maybe she bought it online on Amazon or something my other argument would be if she needed to buy her styling gel online why didn't she just order the same styling gel that she normally would get unless it wasn't in stock or whatever that's it. that's the only thing I still I still can't wrap my brain around how a lot of
1: nuances and questions for sure yeah
2: I feel Uh, bad for it. It's a terrible story. And and it's probably worse because, you know, Gorilla Glue is extremely sturdy and it's not going anywhere. And I thought, well, you know, I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Like, how can she get it out? Like, they can't cut her hair because I don't know if clippers would get through her hair with the glue in there. And I kind of questioned too, I was talking to my wife about it. Like, what happens when her hair starts to grow? Is it going to like, You know, is it gonna hurt? Is it gonna like grow out like Play-Doh with little holes and grow, you know, grow out through it or something? I I just kind of—it's fascinating, but in a sad way.
0: Yeah, because that that adhesive has got to come out somehow, right? Or is that is that permanently stuck?
2: They said it's like a hundred percent waterproof seal. So if she got it all around the scalp, like and it just encased it. I mean, I'm guessing it would. I mean, she, you know, we saw her hit her head and stuff. I'm guessing that it would just encase her hair into this dome of glue. Wow! And how's it going to grow? It would probably hurt. It'd probably I, it might,
1: I my mention is it wouldn't grow through the glue. It would probably the you know like the, the 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 messed up hair would grow outwards. Maybe that might make it easy then to cut it. But I, I have oh. no idea. I I'd, do I mean, I mean maybe there's like an oil or some sort of. Um, <laughs> You know how how if you know you maybe with paint or whatever when it's on your clothes, some people say use gasoline. I don't know if, if, would, <laughs> if you would, use something yeah. like
2: that. Well, I thought that they they the the company kind of flubbed up a little bit because they told her to use like rubbing alcohol and stuff, which I know that that's one of the remedies probably for getting the glue off on other surfaces. But the fact that they told her to use that and it didn't work, and I think she said it hurt her even more she could use that if she wanted to pursue a lawsuit and, and get it to court. She could use that as like, well, they told me to do this and it made it worse or hurt me or whatever. They should have just said, you know, it's an unfortunate accident, but you're probably going to be stuck like that because otherwise I think they would have been able to defend themselves saying, well, this is not found in the hair and care hair care product aisle. It says it's for metal and plastic and other surfaces. Um, and it does say, don't put on skin and your hair is attached to your skin. So that that's probably, even though they don't specify hair in their, you know, warning label, I think they could probably find a defense there. But by telling her to do something like rubbing alcohol, they're kind of inviting themselves to maybe have that being a part of a lawsuit. Maybe not necessarily the fact that the glue's in her hair, but now that they told her to use this remedy and it didn't work and it made it worse, she could maybe use that against them.
0: If I'm a customer service agent for Gorilla Glue, and somebody like that calls. I just like, go to the hospital. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Well, what right. should I do? Yeah. yeah. Just go to the hospital. Yeah, you're to I go don't want to like give hospital. any advice. Yeah.
1: Uh, we, we can't. Usually, I when I would ever in customer service, like, when at the library, you know, you might get p- patrons who are like, can you diagnose this this uh, rash or this, They'll you know, pick up their <laughs> pull up their shirts? And the, and oh. we're told, we are
0: like, <laughs> not like, doctor. They did, the,
2: they did that Whoa, at the library?
0: Yeah. Like, they, yeah.
2: they showed you their rash at the library? Well, well, not me personally, is. but I've heard
0: stories. Oh.
1: Like, I Let's just say, like, I gotta give me a job at that libraries. library. Whoa! <laughs> the Columbus Library does an excellent job of customer service training, and excellent. um, and they tell us they tell us like you'll have customers
0: <laughs>
2: that,
1: that will come in and they they they're trying to like you'll never guess get, what happened. Library <laughs> do the healthcare on their own, so you can tell them like I can tell you where to find books about medical rashes. Okay. I can't tell you what your I can't tell you what that rash
2: or cut or weird sort of, lesion. Makes sense now that you mention, oh hey, I need a book on rashes or something. But yeah, the fact that someone would be like, Hey, what rash is
0: was <laughs> just... oh, Diagnose me. Diagnose me. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Hey, I great. love how they I love how they pull their shirts up too. Not just <laughs> can you diagnose like they pulled the shirt? What's this? Right here, you know? So Man. Um if
1: only you don't knew Larry go to a librarian for medical advice. Uh, no.
0: If you only knew Larry yeah, Flint sure. 20 years earlier, man. You and Larry Flint could have a story deal going on. i have been great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, and you know, with Gorilla Glue, I'm thinking back to COVID. That's where I'm thinking okay, trust the experts when it comes to how you use gorilla glue or what you put on your hair if you can't find your own product. Don't, you know, because when you tr- trust other people, you're getting glue stuck in your head. You know, thinking of thing with COVID. That's why you got to trust science. Don't trust politicians or other people like that. Yeah. Wow, what a show. What a show. I mean, it, it's... Uh, the, the skeleton guy is very much... Something's going to come up with that. Well, again, you, ha- you had to file paperwork. I'm sure he got some type of legal clearance, but... What kind of guy you are if you're playing a, a skeleton? It just doesn't. I mean, even if it's legal, it's it, what what a world we live in. I'll tell you. I don't know. Anything else today before we close up shop? Anything we want to shout out or?
2: No, I think we covered all the bases today.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, library uh,
2: ranches, and.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, again, check out our other segments. We're always putting out a bunch more content. Uh, like I said. Uh, we revisit our interview of John Cooper of Skillet. Uh, we also, yeah, after we talked about um, guys who play their dead uncle skeletons, Paul Yanchek, If you need a little, uh, clear, uh, just a, a head clear after listening to that, uh, Paul Yanchek does a devotional on First Corinthians. Man, what a show! We're, we're a little bit for everybody, guys. From Need Bible a
2: teaching
0: on that one, yeah. From Bible teaching to dead skeleton playing, and man, we covered all here on the island Should be great. And then, hey, scheduled tomorrow. Hopefully, he's able to make it. Um, the great Greg Morton, comedian. Um, he'll tell us. I'm sure what's going on with him. Um, last we he checked, he's living in Toronto. I'm so. I still assume he's living there. Love we'll to check with, about what's happening with COVID up there and just. I was making a go of it. I mean, obviously, it's tough on comedians like this for everybody else. So hopefully, we'll have Greg Morton with us for the hour uh, hey, tomorrow. Hey. Chris, you're doing great. You got us a
1: Canadian or American living in Canada, at least. But uh, right. now now try to get an Australian girl.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. what's, what's
2: the status?
0: <laughs> I, I, I have not reached out to the Australian girl yet. It, it's great. Well, but- I... I I, I can give a shout-out. It made me laugh really hard. Uh, on our Steelers podcast, we, we don't talk about Steelers that much. We had a huge argument because the Steelers have a defensive back named Marcus Allen. And if you know, Marcus Allen also was the name of a famous running back that played for the Raiders 30 years ago. So I was yelling about Marcus Allen stealing other people's names. And a, a couple of weeks ago, the Steelers hired a offensive coach named Mike Sullivan. Well, Mike Sullivan is also the name of the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. So on this week's show, we spent about 20 minutes arguing that this guy needs to change his name once he comes to Pittsburgh. Because how can two coaches have the exact same name? name? Hysterical. A day later, the Pittsburgh Tribune review wrote a story about the same thing where they went up to the Steelers coach saying, is it weird having the same name as the coach with the Penguins? And the guy's like, there's a lot of Mike Sullivan's in the world. It's very different. So yeah, check all of our podcasts. You never know the silly conversations actually come up in real life media. It made my day. It was great. I tweeted about it yesterday, and I don't know if anybody else got it, but me, Paul, and Joe, the co host of the Seward Podcast, had a really uh, big laugh out of it. So yeah, check all this stuff out. And again, always check out Chase Bank. If you if you're looking at the clock, saying, "What have I done with the last hour and eight minutes of your life?" <laughs> hey, we're going to pay you for it. Go to Chase Bank, open up a new account. I, I'm not going to ask my co-hosts anymore if they like Chase Bank or not because two days ago we had a podcast gold moment with Brandon. But, yeah, check out Chase Bank, sign for an account, attach a direct deposit to, you, to it, and we'll pay you 200 bucks. And yeah, Brandon will write you a note about how much you love Chase Bank too if you do that. It'll be great. Send me your address. We'll give it to Brandon, and Brandon will send you a card about his feelings about Chase Bank. It'll be fantastic. All right, well, thanks again, everybody, for checking out Ohio. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have Greg Morton with us. But either way, we'll talk about the best of Ohio and pop culture. Have a great day, everybody.